Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Two Views Podcast. Got another great topic for y'all today. Just remember, it's two views from identical faces. We just are happy to be with y'all again today. Uh, I know it's been a, a little short hiatus for us, uh, but uh, we want to get. We, we think it's important that we bring the topic that we have for you today uh, as our kids are returning back to the education setting. So I'm Dr. Davis. I'm Kev G in the building. What's up, man? Um, glad to be back with y'all again on another episode number twenty-five, man. We're a quarter of a hundred, man. We number twenty-five, man. We rolling, we rolling a little bit. We don't put out podcast two times a week, three times a week, like everybody else. But what we do is full of uh, information. So yeah, you just guarantee we got something to talk about. That's why we on for sure. Uh, y'all know what time it is. Y'all know how we start off. We're gonna go ahead and start off with y'all with with, with uh our first segment, which y'all know as Kev G's top of five, five, five. What you got for us, man? Here we go, man. Since we're gonna talk about education and getting back to the school uh process and all that, we're gonna go with uh me and Keith's top five high school moments of all time or high school uh events, engagements of all time, our our top five high school things that made us happy pretty much. I mean, what, what events or that could be event, sporting event, um, homecoming, whatever top five things in high school that, that we uh, appreciated and we think back on, you know, um, so we're going to go with that. So you're going to go first. I'm going to let you jump it off, man. I jumped off the last one. I'm going to let you jump it off. You did not jump off the last one. Cause I started because we was with, yes, I, with Charles, bro. No, you didn't. I started off. Oh, uh, yeah, because we started. Uh, yeah. Still, you're going to go first today, too. Go, man. All right, man. So, I got one honorable mention, man. My honorable mention is uh, all the beautiful people and friends we met in high school, man. Um, everybody we met, those lifelong uh, friendships we met or uh, we created uh, with uh, with people in high school. People think it's weird when I said, man, t- my opinion, high school is probably the, the funnest time of my, my life. People say college. It high school, mine. we had a blast in high school, man. In my for for me, mm-hmm. some people didn't have that experience, but we made it. We made it enjoyable. Uh, so that's my my honorable mention. Um, shout out to the class of O2, man. I mean, big ups. Um, my uh number five is if people gonna think this strange because they don't know really much about it, but sloppy Joe's after wrestling tournaments. Bro, bro, if you ever wrestle, man, you know how long those tournaments could be. All you eat is peanut butter jelly and sandwich, peanut butter jelly sandwiches, the orange and bananas, bananas, whatever, throughout the day, right? You'd be so wore out, man. We'd be wore out, man. Come home, mom done made them sloppy joes and them chips, man. You put them chips on that sloppy joe. If you want the cheese, add cheese to it, man. Eat that sloppy joe and go to sleep for the rest of the night until we had to go out and hang out. Good. Be out, bro. Sloppy Joe, man. It was like a slice of heaven, bro. Tell me, I'm lying about the Sloppy Joe's, bro. You ain't lying, Hell, bro. You ain't Sloppy lying, Joe. Sloppy Joe have the rest of me. Fire, That's my five. That was like man. a filet mignon for sure, man. <laughs> That's my five. Um, my my four is our our meetups at Landmark. Um, hanging out with the people at Landmark, going up there, bowl a little bit, or just kick it. And Landmark is just chill. That's where everybody met up in, in Peoria um, back in the day when it wasn't too rowdy. Right now, it's wild. they wilding out. But Landmark Meetups was was my number four. I love meeting up with the fellas, just hanging out. 
he was caked up by the tire, so he really didn't know. I digress. <laughs> um, my number three I had to go there. My number three would be pep rallies, bro. Like our pep rallies, man, was something special. Even those, uh, what do we do? Like those, the last day, what would they call those? The last hour of the, of the uh, day was like an event. The buyouts, <laughs> the buyouts, bro. The buyouts are dope too, but the pet rallies, man, our pet rallies always had a little bit of energy to it, man. And my number, uh, my number two is part of the reason why, why it always had that energy, man. So my number two is going to be, I put on my, my list here, I put the horse, but all in all, man, it was the band, bro. It was our, it's our drum line, our band. That's my number two, man. It was something about, especially playing football, man, to be in that locker room. You hear that horse playing, and then that that bass and snare part drop. Man, something about that beat. It was just game time, bro. It was just mentally, it was a switch for me. I turned that on, man, and and I was I was ready to go out on that field and, and, and create some havoc. And my number one, which probably ain't going definitely gonna be key number one, but lights off pregame, lights off pregame before football games. I don't know why. Something about the lights off, like coaches, our coaches uh, did this thing where before we headed to the bus, they turned off all the lights in the locker room and everybody had to be quiet and focus and think about the game. And something about that for me, it just put me in this calm space because I was already hyper ready to go, but it made me just start focusing on what my what my task was and just calming down, man, and just get mentally solid. Man, so them lights off, man, those pregame lights off, those my number one in high school, man. I love that time, just that calm. And I do that to this day, like I'll I'll shut everything off in the house and just sit in calmness, right? Because it, it does something for, for you mentally to do that. So I still um, do that in my personal life. So that's my number one. So five was Sloppy Joe's, four was the Landmark Meetups, uh, my three was the Pet Rally, Four was our band and the horse, and then my uh number one was uh pregame lights off. Yeah, I got to give it to you on pregames like lights off. I didn't even think about that, but man, that was lock in time. That was let me focus on the task at hand. I can think about something different uh after we uh shower up and go home after the game, but that lights off was that 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 was the that was the um the switch flip. Yeah, I need I didn't even think about putting that on my list, but yeah, that I gotta say that's one of the that that is probably one of the most things I remember the most about high school, especially when it came to football, was man, that that sitting in that dark thinking or even listening to some DMX and just locking in. And yeah, that light come on. That, that was a pot that was that that was a powerful moment for me. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Well, that's a good one. All right, let me jump off my mine. Are, except for my my honorable mention, uh, mine are a little a little more broader and a little more probably, probably uh, yeah, I wouldn't say selfish because this is about us. But so my honorable mention, man, and you gonna remember this: the egg wars. I think oh. the egg wars was one of the best time. We do you realize there was one day where we went and bought every single egg from Kroger just to go have an egg war. And egg up each other's cars and throw eggs at each other. And and it had all stopped with the class of tw- well, 2023 or was it 2024 uh going to tell coach. But that the 20, egg wars was fun because that became like Yeah, 2004, 2003. 
Uh, one of those, one of those uh, graduating classes, man. But uh, when it told on us, but between the egg wars and the water wars, man, it just, it was a community thing, man. Like yeah. it went from being us at school having a war to the community having water wars and egg wars. So it, it, it was just a fun time. So that's my honorable mention. And so my, my, you, you said, I think when you first started off, you said positive things. I got mine, mine is a negative and a positive. It's a negative and a positive for me both. Right. And so next, so it was my number five is the, uh, playing Sterling high school in football. Um, the reason why that's my number five, and that's one thing I'll never forget for, for two reasons. First of all, that was a game we shouldn't have lost. We should have been in the, uh, semifinals of the state playoffs that year. Uh, we went up at halftime big, uh, and let them storm all the way back and beat us, man. I don't know what happened. we start inner fight, uh, in the second half, um, Oh, we we imploded. Sterling was not meant to beat us. We imploded on ourselves, uh, and so. But for the good part of that is that that's 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 when I got the debut, uh, uh, truly debut in a state playoff game. My skill because uh, Kevin wasn't paying attention, and coaches calling him to go in the game because we had an injured linebacker. Donald Willihel was injured, and Kevin wasn't paying attention. So I was like, Coach, I go in. <laughs> So I went in. Uh, two plays later, I had a quarterback sack. I mean, that so that's that's shine, my my man. my leg. Yeah, that, that's I stole Kevin Shine. That was my legacy. Kevin was down there talking to James McQuarrie. Cause like, coach, I go. I went in and play play a strong side linebacker and, and got a sack. So it's a positive and a negative for me. Uh, because there was no way we should have lost that game. Um, I know Josh probably on the other side of this laughing because he was playing for Sterling at that time, but. Anyway, that that's my five. My four is English class with Mr. Rents. I think Mr. Rents is one of the most underappreciated teachers in Manual High School history. Uh, the 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 things we learned from Mr. Rents, the Rents, the joy we had of going to his class and learning the curriculum that he was giving us was uh, you couldn't measure it. Um, and so uh, I just want to give a shout out to him. That's my number four. That that was probably one of my favorite classes to go to was English with Mr. Rince. And I don't think I'm the only person that think that. Right? I think most people who took Mr. Rince as a teacher would say that was yeah, one was of there. their favorite classes. Um, and it, it was from the not just he was because he was fun. He was fun, but he wanted us to learn and learn about stuff like ancient Greece and Rome. He was passionate um, he about it. Though. He was passionate, passionate about it. So. He my he that's my number four. Uh my number three is man, Kevin, I'm surprised you ain't had this on yours at all. Man, that what? first period orchestra class, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that, that first period orchestra bro. class, we we were the most hood, I don't say ghetto orchestra in the game, but we could play. We could and we play, just though. had fun at first period. You we just play. had fun. I'll never forget the time we was doing all them solos. And everybody had a solo. All his first and second chairs had a solo. And Kevin was like, hey, watch this. And Miss Glasscock up there just conducted. <laughs> and she get the Kevin solo. Buddy just start playing a Jurassic Park theme song. Bro, it went and with we the song. Just start bro. dying laughing. It went, it went with the cadence. It, 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 was, it was perfect. It was the bro. beat. But man, the way Miss Glasscock looked up at Kevin, she didn't even stop conducting. She just let him play it, though. It was oh, hilarious. Man. But and I always get kicked out of class because cause she Kevin could do no wrong. Kevin could do no wrong. But I do one thing. Keith, get out. I'm like, all right, man. Man, rest in peace. Uh, but Glasscock, uh, rest in peace. 
Yeah, rest peace, Miss Glasgow. She's still one of the all time greats. Um, we big have up, fun. Miss, Thank Miss, you for making orchestra fun. Yeah, big up, Mr. Sheefling, too, man. He made us good, though. Yeah, Mr. Sheefling. Yeah, Mr. Sheefling, man. You got to think about it. Our, our, how good we were with due to the, the focus and attention that Mr. Sheefling had on us. He, did, yeah. he didn't play with us. We became great players through Mr. Mr. Sheefling. We had fun with Ms. Glasgow, but Mr. Sheefling made us, I was just, man, he yeah, made us the great players we were. Yeah. Uh, and so just big shout out to Mr. Sheeveling because we wouldn't have been the orchestra players we were or would have continued with the program if it wasn't for him. Um, and I know I think he had Richwoods now, uh, but big ups to him. Yeah. Um, number two, I'm surprised you didn't get this, the 2001-2002 Manual High School wrestling team. I've never been a part of the team, a team that was so much of a brotherhood yeah. than that wrestling team. We did everything together. We did everything together, man. Uh, and I know we're not close as we used to be, uh, but man, that was man that wrestling team that was family. That was family for two years. That um, two thousand two thousand one and two thousand one two thousand two school year, um, we we were family. And so that's my number two, man. I'll never get the BJ time D, that I spent. Lavar, Matt, Matt, Eddie, Ruben, like that was the crew. Like that was the crew, and so. I think of all of the sports at Manuel High School, even though it was probably one of the uh, most not recognized sports, even though it was one of the best in that school year, um, I think we was the closest knit. And and and, and those were my boys for, for four years in, in, in high school. So that's my number two. And my number one goes back to my number five. Nothing will ever surpass the legacy of the 1998-1999 football was no, I'm sorry, 1999-2000, right? Yeah. Football team, man, yeah, high school football yeah. team. Now we was undefeated, and we lost until we lost to Sterling. But the the, the athleticism, the the leadership, the the fun we had playing with that group of players, man, and being undefeated in football was amazing. I yeah, still man. think that is one of the greatest football teams in Manuel High School history. The not talent the was Peoria, ridiculous. Bro. If not the yeah, in history, Peoria, Peoria, it, it was ridiculous. Man, me and you, we backed up two of the best linebackers ever come out of Peoria. I mean, DT and Donna Willingham. Yeah. Like we backed them up. Like you know how how arrogant I was playing the ball. I didn't mind backing them. Them two linebackers, I I would I never minded backing up, bro. They were the mm-hmm. two most. Dominant linebacker yeah. besides besides me and you. Let me let me put that out there. Still yeah, the most dominant yeah, linebacker. Rest, rest in peace, DT man. I'm like, like it is what it is. That that team was solid. I mean, Terrence Tut was that whole ridiculous. team, man. Tut Jerron is one of the most dynamic football players that made. And I, and I just don't think Terrence Tut gets the gets the credit he he deserves for what he did those two years, right? Like the dude is one of the best running backs and one of the best cornerbacks in Peoria history, well, without a doubt. I don't think Jerron Hobson get his props. I don't think Corey Burnside get his props, man. Like yeah, Jamal Jowers don't get his props. Like bro, that team was solid, bro. That team was solid. And, and we we went against teams where they said this this man you're not going undefeated. They lost one game the year before. They they got to go up against Richwoods. They got to go. Pekin was uh, uh, was becoming a dynasty that year. Richwoods was dynasty. Even our playoff run. And man, we ran through all of them like butter. 
Butter, like that team was legit. That's my number one. I, I will never forget the two, the 1999 football team and how solid it was. So, so for me, it's the Sterling that lost to Sterling, Mr. Rents Orchestra, that wrestling team. Um, when we when we took over as captains, and um, that 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 1999 football team. Um, that year was that year made everything special. It made all the rest of the sports special. It made homecoming special. It made it made everything was special that year. Like it was, it, it'll live forever in here. My sophomore year of high school will live forever in here because how special that year was, and it started with that football team. Especially so that's my top five. Especially when we beat Pontiac. That that was a start of people oh, yeah, taking Pontiac notice. Huge. People started taking notice. Yeah, Pontiac was picked to beat us. Pekin was picked to beat us. Rich was picked to beat us, and we cut. We we went through them like butter. Yeah, man. Shout out to that squad, so, man. Especially shout especially out to nineteen ninety nine that squad. The seniors that year for sure, man. Like for sign, they still all solid dudes, man. So that's what's up. That squad need to be in the Peoria Hall of Fame. They need to be recognized somehow. Just saying. Even if Manuel got to do it themselves, that squad needs to be recognized. Yeah. Not just because we was a part of it, because that team was just special, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a top five, there man. We we, bro, for for sure, man. Like, we want y'all to do your top five, man, and y'all special experiences in high school too, man, if you had them, right? Because not everybody's experience was was the best, but I'm pretty sure you can find five things where you was like, man, I remember that time. That, that time was dope. I mean, so, yeah, do your top five or your top five high school things that you appreciated and loved, man. We're going to jump into this next segment. Y'all know what it is, man. The favorite... The funny, sometimes funny, sometimes not. Dr. Davis's dad jokes. Dr. Davis's dad jokes. Now, this dude's supposed to make me laugh, man. Um, if you know me, I don't I, I typically don't smile or laugh. I do. Nowadays I do, but I didn't used to smile or laugh a nah, lot. Um But he supposed to make me laugh. Last last time, last episode was pretty decent, man. Time before that was uh that was rough. Let's see what he got for us today, man. How many you got for us today, anyway? I got, I got three, and they're gonna be three quick ones. I hope I get All you right. a laugh at least one. Oh, let me go for this, man. All right, Hold on, let me. All right, Kevin. Here you go. Here you go. Number, number one, number one, number one. Okay. All right. When is a door not a door? When is a door not a door? When it's a jar. <laughs> No, all right. No, no. Okay, all right. Why do chicken coops have two doors? Why do Why do chicken coops have two doors, bro? I don't know why. Because if they have four doors, they'll be chicken sedans. <laughs> bro, that was stupid. That was stupid. Stupid. All right, all right, my last one. My last one, my last one, bro. Did you know? Did you know? French fries oh, weren't actually cooked in France. Did you know French fries weren't actually cooked in France? Where do you think it was cooked in? Greece. Greece? <laughs> 
<laughs> that was kind of obvious, bro. <laughs> what you laughed at it? What you laughed at it? <laughs> okay, All right, man. man. I'll take two I'll out give, of three. I'll take two I'll out give, of three. No, I'll give you one out of three on that, bro. I give you one. One, out of three on that. you laughed at the last one. I knew the answer. I knew the answer to it though. I knew it don't matter. But you laughed though. But you laughed though. It don't matter. Write down if that's your count. Write down in the comments if y'all think that's your count for Kevin. The sedan one was okay. It wasn't horrible. It was okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was okay. I had to think. I remember that name. I can't. I still can't stop thinking about that meme of Matt Sony said they think girls be like animal crackers. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. <sighs> All right, man. That's Dr. Davis's dad jokes, man. I'll give him a two out of three on that, man. I'll give him a two out of three on that. Um it's a uh, iffy two out of three, but I'll give him two out of three. The first one was good. The first one was good. All right. So that's Dr. Dad, Dr. Davis' dad jokes. Y'all rate right him, right man. <laughs> Y'all rate him, man. Give him what what he what out of three he, he earned on that, man. Cool. All right, I'll take you it. You ready? You ready to roll in this episode for real, for real? Let's get it roll. You know, this is an important one for me, you know, as an educator. Yeah, so um this topic, we we this this topic, uh, we're airing this here in August, the beginning of August, and we know this is time everybody start going back to school, whether that's Grade school, high high school, college is time where things things start ramping up and people are getting prepared. Some of y'all kids are already in school, right? Some of y'all started early. Peoria started super early now. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, second, Ka- yeah, Caleb doesn't start until the twentieth or something like that, twenty first or something like that. Um, yeah, KJM on the sixteenth, and I start uh, the tenth. Yeah, so we just want to do a, a podcast about education and parents involvement in it right and how we as parents um and not just parents but anybody if you're associated with a kid in a school how we can support not only them but also um teachers in the schools and helping the process be a lot smoother um so we just want to have this discussion to to give parents some insight on, on what they could do and how they could uh proceed in the school year to make it comfortable for themselves for their kids and for administration so for keep man we're gonna start out since you're the principal you're the educator um this is your thing this is your wheelhouse um you know me um it's not mine how about that i just feel like that but um you know you know the background and history on this so what is the state of the education system here in america where are we right now in america pertaining to yeah, so- our kids and, and our values when it comes to the education system so I yeah so I, I'll be quick on this because I, I talked a little bit about this on Jermaine's podcast about how uh, the history of how our American uh, education system was set up, but more about this. But when we talk about the state of education, um, understand that 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 the education system is a is a state is a state right right. So state has true dominion over it, the educational processes of of itself. And then, so the federal government uses its executive powers to create the uh, Department of Education, and and do whatever its its control or legal legalese um, towards education. But what, what? But the power. I just want to just 
that let families know that the true power of education and where the direction of education is in the public is in the hands of the public. It's in the hands of you. Um, that your voice, even though we don't think it's matter, we always think about um, federal politics. And you know, one of the things people always say is uh, our voice don't matter. But your 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 voice matters on a local level. And your 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 voice on the local level um, affects policy on the local level, and it affects education on the local level and the state level. And so, it's, the state of our education is that we don't have a we don't have enough of us, the public, speaking on the behalf of our children. It's becoming less and less. All right, and so it's important that our voices are heard with our uh, politicians, with our state state legislatures about what we believe our kids need to be successful. Um, I also believe that that uh, we shouldn't be grading our schools. We should be grading our states on this ability to attack our educational issues within our state. It shouldn't be states grading the schools. Let's grade our state and seeing if it's providing the resources and necessary policies to affect the changing of our kids' lives. And we got to remember, this is we, so often in a lot of the things in our world right now is politics becoming the foundation of everything we do. And we got to get back to where where the foundation of education is our kids, Right. It's not teachers. It's not. It's not the staff. It's not the politician. It's. It's not you as a parent. It's our kids, right? It's the that next generation of 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 white collar and blue collar workers who who are going to make sure that this world is great for us and continues to be great for us year after year. We know America's education system is the, uh, is diminishing when it's compared to some of the other uh, world powers. We know that, but our voice can change that our voice in and in, in speaking up and saying what's best for our kids we do a lot of complaining but not not willing to uh do what's necessary to uh push the change get on get on the school board to go to school board meetings to go to be a part of the pta to to do what's necessary to say hey i'm here i want to be heard i have a voice in and so the state of our education is it, it's falling on a political fight and it should never be that way. It should be fall on a landscape of what's best for kids. I'm telling you one thing. We'll talk about. We'll get into some of the things that are not working for kids, but we we have to be willing to go to go to whatever links we need to to make sure that those who are over the systems that govern the education of our kids know what we know uh what we believe and what we want for our kids. Right now we see in Florida some of the legal legislation and the attacks on education and what our students are learning. Um and our our political systems are getting so strong. This is happening here in Texas as well. You see a lot of book banning. You have a uh, a lot of uh of of discussion about banning different avenues of education because of um because of people's feelings, basically. Um, but we got to remember, education starts at home. Um, and I think we got to get to a point, Kev, where we let our kids be our kids. Like, we let our kids be kids. We let them learn and explore lives for themselves. And we just, we do what we were meant to do as parents and just guide them. Um, and not, not, con- not we, we can affect the education system without controlling our kids' lives. And I think we just need to get to the point to where we allow we we need to allow our kids to 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 dig into their own well of intellect, right? They're not going to learn the same way we learn. 
and the state of the state of our world right now in education is that we want our kids to learn how we learn or how we expect them to learn and not giving our kids the ability to learn what they believe they need to know. Right. It's all about emancipated learning. And I wrote a paper on this about giving our kids the ability to dive into their own well of intellect. What we want to do so often is we want to control what intellect they they uh, retrieve. Right. And that's what you see in a lot of these policies. You see a control of what we want our kids to learn. But a lot of it currently is at the detriment of the learning of our kids. And that's politics. But politics will always have that stronghold if we don't if we don't start using our voice. Yeah, and so you're saying you're saying it from a politics side, but what about um you said we try to control um how our kids learn. But there there's two avenues to that, I think, and I might be wrong, but there's parents that try to control and there's parents that aren't involved at all that's not trying to do anything, right? And so I think the extreme either way is detriment could be detrimental to a kid. A parent that's not fully involved and not not doing much and letting the kid do whatever to learn doesn't is not really engaged where that kid's learning what they should be learning, how they should be learning, whether it's mm-hmm. their way or not. Then you got a parent that's so involved that they're trying to tweak and, and change the way things are learned and taught. And because they think, like you said, they they it, we were taught that way and that we so there there there's like a there has to be a balance between the two somehow, right? There has to be some type of balance between, yeah, I'm gonna let my kid learn the way they learn, but I'm still I still have to be somewhat hands on to make sure the guy, they're they're learning, right? They're they're actually learning. Yeah, like they're not just doing whatever they want; they're actually learning this this stuff. So there there's a there there can be a negative on both on both sides of the spectrum. I think we Correct. have to find that that middle that middle point, and that's not that's not always easy to do. It's not always easy to do because you don't want to be too aggressive with your kid and their learning. The, you want to you don't want to be too passive. And somehow you have to find Correct. that balance. But I think the only way to find that balance is is with your kid, right? Between with you and the kid together, yeah, figuring out what that balance is. Yeah, you, um, you're correct, and it, it is. It, it, there, there's two. There's two sides of the spectrum. Like anything, like we we got to find that balance. That's what I stated about guiding. Like, is we can guide their learning, right? And and you saw some of the, some of the fear and some of the roadblocks with learning that we're starting to see is we have that political piece, but what we're starting to see now is parents being afraid of the curriculum. Right. And you hear everybody talk, and you see a lot of people saying, like, I don't even know how to do the math they're doing now. So let me explain what the new curriculum is doing. And maybe this will help you help parents out. I am a firm believer as an educator, the way we did math is the most the quickest and the most efficient way to do math. It is. So why did we revert to this these new techniques? Uh, to teach kids how to do math, and the truth of the matter is, is I think I think kids should learn both ways. This is my opinion. I think kids should learn both ways. But the reason why we're we're moving into a world where kids are asked, being asked to think, think, be be very analytical, to be able to think, to be able to think critically, and so what these new math strategies and these new English strategies are doing is forcing our kids to use critical thinking skills. 
we're still needing a lot of the, the emerging job markets that are coming out now. And so it's forcing critical thinking through our kids, through the areas of math, science, because typically when you think about critical thinking, it usually comes to an ELAR class, uh, English language arts and reading class, right? But now it's forcing these thought processes through all subject areas. Now, does it make how how uh, slow our, um, the speed in which our kids are able to do math? Does it slow it down a little bit? Yeah, we're seeing that, right? But it's also creating our, it's also creating thinkers and kids who can think through situations, not only just math problems or reading problems or science problems, but think through situations. So I don't want parents to be afraid of this new curriculum. I just want them to know that it's giving our kids avenues to think and push them to think. So the best thing you can do as a parent to quell your fear of, and I'm gonna, this is, I'm gonna push this out. I'm gonna say this to, I'm not even talking to the parents, right? right with what I'm going to say. I'm talking to school districts. The best way you can alleviate parents' fear over the curriculum is create parent universities where you're teaching parents the purpose of the curriculum, right? We need to create avenues for our parents to learn a curriculum. We can't just say our kids are learning about this this math strategy and not giving our our parents any knowledge of the strategy but they're expecting them who've never done this strategy to sit at a kitchen table and show them how to do it so I'm, I'm urging districts to create parent universities where we're teaching all the aspects of our curriculum to our parents so that they can be helpful to our kids when they're at home so we can't be we can't be we can't let the politics control us but we also can't be afraid of the school system in a, a curriculum all right, so real quick question before we move on. Um, so we know I have a son with autism, right? And and I want to talk about special education real, real fast. Not don't spend too much time on it, but as you're talking about curriculum, uh, when it kind when it comes to kids with special needs, like let's just just stay on that math topic real quick. That math teaches critical thinking. Like you said, it's it's a it's, it has a critical thinking as uh component to it. I believe with my son, that style of teaching math is not going to be beneficial for him because him processing that and learning math that way, the time it will take him to truly get that concept would take away from him actually learning the math, right? Um, how, how do you tell people with kids with learning disabilities or in special education that this is the new curriculum and I know special education teachers are supposed to modify these modification things that they are to do based on IEPs, 504, um, whatever. Uh, there's things they're supposed to do, but how, how do you work that? As a principal, how do you work that out? Like, I know you you communicate with probably your special education teachers or your, your directors or whatever. How, how, how does that curriculum have to change for that? Or does it have to change? I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think it's very beneficial to him to learn that way because he's learning a skill that transcends math, right? It could take him forever to learn a strategy or a concept, right? But he's learning an integral skill for him to navigate life. And that's critical thinking. So, so even though he well, I, may struggle with learning that, yeah. No, I'm just saying personally for me, uh, when, when you say that, I think his critical learning can be learned 
elsewhere. Right? right. I don't think but, time needs to be spent in math. That's just me. So and so I'm 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 a further disagree because if you know so the the way kids you want to way way kids learn the best is is when it, there's cross curricular learning when they can and when they're able to tie what they're learning into other pieces of curriculum or their lives, right? So here 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 here's and this is this this is a this is a parent issue, and a, I'm, this is a parent and a teacher issue. We want kids to learn in a vacuum at a certain speed and, 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 and understand the concept. There's a school, I forgot where it's at, where kids get to learn. They, they have, they have, they have um, um, graduated doctors, lawyers, biophysicists, one of the top performing schools in the nation. And guess what they don't have? They don't have classes. They don't have a bell system. Because kids are able to learn at their speed. There was a boy, he would go out to their pond and he would fish every day. Fish every day. And one day he decided, I want to learn more about those fish. And became like a like a bioscientist. Like it, so what we so so he was able to so I'm not saying I'm not that that's a little far on the extreme, right? But learning how to critically think in math will strengthen him in the other subject areas because he'll be able to create use or critical thinking skills and somewhere he struggle. Now, this is what makes education to me the most difficult job in the world. Right. And this was making, this makes it even more difficult for a special education teacher is that if I have a class of 25 students in the general ed class, or if I have 11 students in special ed class, I have to literally differentiate my instruction for every individual student. People think that's only for special education, but those gen ed teachers are literally having to figure out how can I meet all the learning modalities of every kid individually in this room, right? One of the key pieces to help them is help, to help them with that process and help kids understand strategies in their own way is to develop the critical thinking skills. Now, they can learn that math strategy. It may take, it may take little buddy, uh, to learn that math strategy it may take him a week and it may take this kid over here uh, one day. But he's still going to be learning critical thinking skills. At the end of the day, they both know that skill. So we also had to stop putting, this is why I'm not a fan of testing. I'm not, a, this is my opinion. And a fan of putting time on when a kid should know and learn something because of, because they may be missing out on a valuable skill. So, I would say, even though you think it, it may be, it may be used best used that time a best used state learning critical thinking in other ways, he's going to have to have the ability to critical. He's going to have to have the ability to critically think in math, and that's something we t- we we didn't have. We we our our math was rotary. It was it was two plus two is four. Like, like it, and so there was no critical thinking. And you know what? I told me as a person who loved math, I hated word problems because word problems made me critically think. I didn't have the capacity to critically think, but I can do any math, do trigonometry, I can do all of it. Give me a word problem up, shut down. So we want to use math to cr- teach critical thinking. We want to use English to teach critical thinking. We want social studies to teach critical thinking. Those are valuable skills that will, trans, like I said, will transcend the, the, the strategies and the concepts because he'll be able to use that in life. So he's yeah, not losing out on anything. I, I get what you're saying, but um, I get what you're saying. I, I don't disagree with you, but but knowing knowing him and knowing 
his attention span and a knowing knowing how he ticks. I mean, I mean, he he Caleb learns that, so fast. He learns fast, right? He learns fast, but some things yeah. when it comes to critical when it comes to critical thinking, he struggles with the critical thinking aspect. And, and, and but here's the thing, Kevin. You just said something very key. The the. The, uh, you said something very key, and this was actually my model for my school two years ago. You said he struggles with the critical thinking aspect. You know what my model was for my uh, school two years ago? The learning is in the struggle. That's where the learning happens. No, I Let don't disagree with that. That's that's so. That's what I'm saying. But we either said we, it, it's, no. It's definitely either said and done, and that's why I say teaching is still one of the most difficult professions because. We have to allow 25 kids per class learn through the struggle. You know how stressful that is for a teacher? Like not being able to move on, not knowing where to go next. And true. It, it, but, but we know that our students learn in the struggle. Just think about, just think about all, of, all everybody's favorite movies. Lean on me. Um, uh, Freedom Riders. Those kids learn through the struggle. That's, what I, that's, that's how their learning came. It came through them struggling with the curriculum. It came through struggling with with, with society, and so we want our kids to struggle. He's going to struggle. He may he may have a, a low attention span, but that's why it's important for the teacher to be able to differentiate. And know, okay, Caleb has a uh, uh, he's 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 getting unfocused now. So let me go to something else, and then we can revisit that tomorrow. We can revisit that in another lesson later today. So that's why it. Teachers are superheroes, man. The things that we have to do on a daily basis, the moves we have to make on a daily basis are phenomenal. And people never get to see that. But let 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 them, I want to tell parents out there and let teachers out there, let them struggle. Let, let the kids struggle. My boy, my boy DeMarcus, shout out to him. But when I used to observe him in his math classroom, man, he he hadn't, he wasn't, he was like, hey, it, it's it's a it's a hundred or bust. Like he 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 didn't want the kids to settle for a C. It's like, we we going to pass all these standards and we're going to struggle doing it, but we're going to get it. We need to let our kids struggle. We got to let them struggle. And that's why his scores were so dynamic. Yeah. So, man, let's get to the meat of, of this of this podcast because um, we wanted to um, give parents uh, some things to consider um, some some things to walk away with where they can engage with schools, their kids, the district to help benefit um, their child's development. So um, mm-hmm. let's talk about like, first let's talk about how um, parents should hold, who they should hold accountable and how they should hold them accountable. So let's start with, let's start from the top. Let's start with the top. Let's start with districts. Let's start with the district. How should we, how should parents hold the district accountable Districts, teachers, what does that look like? What does that, how does that work? Let, let's, let's start at the top and see, you, and, and, and I think, I think it's very critical. Uh, I think it's very important that you started where you started. You said district. And I think that's, it, it's very, it's very important that you said that first because that's not the top, right? In the district, that's not the top. Your district personnel, your super, that, that's not the top. You have, you have elected school board officials who are elected to fight for your interest 
in your school district. That's where you start. A lot of people like to go to the super. No, let, let me change that. Matter of fact, let, let, let me, can I flip it? Go ahead. Cause I want, I want to talk about this, but I, I want to flip the, flip the structure. So when you talk about where to, where the top is, it starts with your school board because they're the ones that you elected to fight for the best interest of your kids. That's why going to school board meetings, um, um, talking to your, your elected, your elected school board officials, letting them know, uh, going to, um, um, uh, community events where they're talking about what's happening in the school is very important so that you're educated on what's happening in your school and that you can go, go and talk to those officials about, uh, uh, what you're seeing and what you would like to see and what they're, what they're seeing. But a lot of people like to jump to the top, right? If there's an, if you haven't, uh, if you want to know something or learn something, the best place to go first is the foot soldiers, the teachers, right? The teachers are the ones who are directly, uh, in direct, um, um, in, in position to address the need, your needs for your student. Right. But you gotta, you gotta understand this is a hard job. So you gotta go in there with the heart and compassion knowing that they're, they, that they are, they're working hard to make sure your kid gets the best possible education possible. But you start with a teacher, right? Because when you go to the top, let me just explain to some people how this works. When you go to the straight to the top and like get mad about something and go straight to the board or straight to the superintendent, guess what it does? It's going to come back down. Every time there's an issue, I get a call. Hey, Dr. Davis, we got this uh, upset parent. Can you give him a call? Upset parent. Okay, I'm going to go to the teacher and say, hey, what's going Start with the person that has a direct contact with whatever issue or concern you have. Right. Start there. Start with the teacher. If you can't get a, a resolution there, then go up. You need to go up the chain rather than what we see now is people go straight to that. I'm going, I'm going to the board. I'm going to the superintendent. Right? That that that's not going to get you any. That's not going to get you anywhere. But spending more time getting the answer because they have they're going to have to come down to us to find out what's going on in the situation. And then it's going to have to go back up that chain when you should just follow that chain. You probably get whatever answer you need or whatever you need addressed at the school level. So start at the school level and then go up the chain rather than going to the top. But remember that those school board officials are elected by you. You elected them. You elected them to do a job to ensure your kid was getting the best possible education that they can receive. And it's their job to hold the superintendent accountable. And it's the superintendent's job to hold their cabinet and their departments accountable. It's your department's job to hold us as principals accountable and so on and so forth. So if you want to know where the power is at in the school, it's with your school board. And so many people think it starts with the district office. It does not. It starts with the school board. But start yeah. with your teachers first. I'm pretty sure we can handle it at the building level. All right, we're not all, we're not out to get your kid. We want to see your kids succeed. Yeah, but um, also with that though, there there's a month, uh, two two other levels to that that process, and um, I I uh, I want you to talk about. Well, I'm just gonna jump to one that's impo uh, important directly for me is, um, parents. I think the next step, parents, um, actually, after Keith said the teachers, then you go up there. I think the next 
the next spot, which I think is actually the foundation, um, is you. You have to look at you. Uh, you mm-hmm. have to really, before you worried about what the district can do and what the teachers are doing, how are you helping? If you're not, yep. that's a that's a pet peeve of mine, Keith, man, is that parent that, we like, even when I was coaching, I wasn't even in the school, man, see parents come up snapping on teachers and all that, but that parent ain't involved in nothing going on with that kid. When they come and tell that kid, say something wrong, then they run up to school and want to fight or argue with the teacher. Like, you're not involved in any part of the process. But as soon as some, your kids say something wrong, you run up there and you want... This isn't the same same scenario, like... But I had an issue um, with uh, Kiera. And it's still funny till this day. Kiera come home one day um, and she was like, the principal being mean to me. You being mean to me. I'm like, man, he doing this and this. I'm, and I'm like, I'm heated. Like, man, why he treating her like that? And I, I said, I'm going up to school tomorrow. Go up to the school, Keith. I mean, I need to talk to the principal. Uh, Kier saying he picking on her, blah, 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 blah. He sit down. We talk. He's like, he's like, what's going on? We start talking. Keith, this man, what he told me, I didn't get that from, from her. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the whole story. I didn't, mm-hmm. So I'm here, I'm sitting here defending you. And you ain't telling me the full story, right? And she come down and like, he sit down, we talking, she's sitting there and like, yeah. And he said, I actually took her, I, I'm actually on her to pull her away because I know who she's hanging around with and I don't want her hanging around with those people. So I'm trying to get her away from that. But what I got at home was... <laughs> He's mad. So what I'm saying, parents, is you have to be particularly involved with 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 the whole aspect mm-hmm. of things and not just with because a lot of parents do that. Like what your kids say, they they take that as a hundred percent. And you should be, listen to your kids wholeheartedly. But I, I I personally believe in life in general, there's there's two sides to a story. And when you put them stories mm-hmm. together, you might find the, the you might find the truth or find the real story. So I, I, I like hearing both sides. And I just said, parents, like you have to be involved. You have to hear both sides, man. You have to. And, and you you you're so right. I want to give parents a little little little. Um, this is a little uh, Keith math, a little Keith percentage. Ninety five percent of the teachers that your child interact with love your kid like like they're their own. 95%. What they're doing is holding your kid accountable to expectations. To expectations of academic expectations, to social, emotional, and and uh and, and peer expectations, to school expectations, to world expectations. And some of our kids just simply don't want to hear that or or, or, or bye by that. And well, first thing we do is we run to jump to the jump to their defense. I had a situation kind of like the occasion. I had to say, hey, nope, we're not, we're not running up there. We're gonna let the teacher handle it. Like, like 95% of the teachers truly love and care for your child as much as you do. Well, I'm not saying as much, but but they love your child a lot and just want to hold them accountable. So 
when, when you go up to talk to that teacher about whatever situation is, I think a lot of times we, we go up there and I'm saying this as a parent as well. We go up there on a mission. We go up there to defend all oh, you even, Oh, my baby said this, let me go. And it like Kevin said, it could be the complete different story. We had a, we had a, a parent that uh, a kid did something that warranted a suspension and the parent got mad because we gave like by by district policy, the kids should have been suspended. We gave them a lunch detention. They was mad about the lunch detention. <laughs> I mean, it, it we 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 love y'all kids and we but we we want them to know that their expectations in life and we want to we're going to hold you accountable to that because we don't want you to go at God in the, the real world and not have any accountability and then and then ruin your life. And so mm-hmm. just know that parents, just know, just, just know we care. We care. And we're, we're not out to get your kid. We out to educate them both social, emotionally and academically. Um, and so you just remember that way. Our, our, it, just, just, just know that, that teachers have a lot on their plate. And at the end of the day, they're, they still love their child unconditionally. Yeah. There's a saying in football uh, parents that I think will apply here too. With this, what we're talking about right this moment, um, we say we say that it says when well, we coach, and we say it, we've heard it said to us. We say, if a coach is talking to you, then he cares. You need to worry when he's not talking to you. So if a mm-hmm. teacher is talking to your kid and on your kid and trying to get him to do the right thing, that's a good thing. If a teacher's not on your kid and not push him to be his best, then you should worry. Because then at that, at that time, maybe they don't care. Or, but if a teacher, man, if a teacher on my son, like they want him to do great and they push them, and they, I, I'm not going to fight that at all as a parent, man. I'm not going to be like, you're too hard on my mm-hmm. kid. No, I'm not going to fight that. Because I know you have the best for And I do think most teachers... Have, have the best interest for for the kids they're involved with. You don't get into that job without caring okay. about kids, man. Like, no. why you think I ain't no teacher, right? People say, you want to coach football, you should be a teacher. Why you think I'm not a teacher, right? It's the reason why I'm not a teacher. Like, because some, some of these kids do, hmm, I couldn't, no, nah, I, I would take personal, right? So teachers are special, man. But I also want to, before us, uh, Want to get into talking about also, um, what should parents think about um, when it comes to supporting their students in general? Like, how how do how do we as parents support our kids through the process? Now, like we have kids going to school from grade school or pre K or whatever through college. Um, every aspect, I think every aspect level has some of the same components, but there's some different things that differentiate between each level. Um, so. Let's talk about how parents can support their kids at the high school, the youth high school level, like that grade school through high school level. How can parents support their kids through this process? Um, and really the 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 line to truly their future, the 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 most to me, one of the most important lines to their future is youth through high school time frame. So how how can parents support their mm-hmm. students in this aspect? I think you need to be in the know, right? Uh, I think you need to be like when, when there's school communicate. You need to know the curriculum. You need to know uh, 
the the pacing guys that that your your children that at the uh, that show the pace of, uh, and strategies that you're going to be learning. You need to know what state standards your kids are going to be learning at that grade level. Um, you you need to know, right? You know, and, and it could be something as simple as this, Kev. You know, every I, I talked about this, I believe, on our first podcast about uh, when we talk about fatherhood. You know, when I get in the car and I pick my kids up, um, picking my kids up every day. You know, the first thing I ask them, tell me one thing you learned today. They're going to get that question every single day. Tell me what you learned. Give me one thing you learned today. What you learned today in math. What you learned today in reading. Give me one thing you learned today. We have to be in know what our kids are learning so that we can support them. Because that let me so so the concept of homework is becoming obsolete. I know a lot of parents like that. You probably want like why my kid ain't come home with homework. The concept of homework is becoming less important, and it makes sense, parents. So. When you're like, you don't even give homework yet because the strategy of giving kids time to work through the problem in class and get feedback directly in class is way more beneficial than the homework. So that's one the way you need to be in, you need to be in a no, right? That, that in-class uh, support and work is way more beneficial, but you need to be in the no because of that homework's not coming home you have less of a chance to see what your kids are working on. So know the curriculum. Ask your teachers about the curriculum. If they have a syllabus, get a syllabus. Go to your um, your uh, community literacy night. Go to your school's math night. Go to your school's STEM night so you can learn what your student is learning so that you can support them. I think that's where it starts. You have to be in the know. One of the greatest places to be in the know is in your school PTA. I guarantee those parents are in the know. Right, your school's PTA and PTOs are in the, they're in the know, um, but you can't. I don't want to. I also don't want parents to be afraid to contact your uh, your your teacher and say, "Hey, I see uh, Eli is struggling on this. Uh, do you have any resources where I can support him?" Because I do that with my kids. Hey, uh, I'm not gonna say, "Hey, my kid fell and why." No, I'm, I'm gonna say, "Hey, I noticed Eli is struggling on this. Do you have any resources where I can help him?" Right. So often we want to know, like, why am I kid learning? That? Like, what are you what, what are you not teaching them? No, no, we should be learning. All. We should be trying to get to our schools to learn and this. I'm not taking it away from the schools because schools, we need to be giving this opportunity to parents to learn what students are learning, uh, to know what students are learning. But parents, we got to also seek out what students are learning and so that we can support them at home. So it's about being in the know. Right. You know how many emails I send out curric- curricular pieces that um you know, sometimes people don't even read those emails, right? You have to be in the know. And you, if a teacher, if, if a teacher ever said, saying you being annoying because you're asking what kids are learning today so that you can help support, something's wrong with that teacher, right? I, I would welcome any parent and say, look, I just, uh, I, I want to know what uh, the, the strategy where I can get more resources on the strategy to help KG at home. I would love, oh, let me, let me read, let me see what our district got so we can help you, you know, review some of these problems with your child at home. Be in the know so that you can support. You can't support if you don't know. Like I I literally have bought Caleb like a program. We do work outside of school. He has a program. He come on, he has to do work, math, reading, spelling. Like he doesn't just get his work at school. But on top of what you just said, I want to add a few things um, that are more, for me, more direct, um, cause, cause what you just spoke about is that is about like pretty much how a parent should be involved with the school process and, and be engaged in the school process, but some more direct things that aren't, that aren't absolutely 
I mean, they are related, but like, I think if parents also understand the importance of year one and year two, but I also think they need to know the importance of year three and year four when it comes to high school, right? And I'm talking about high school directly. Um, you got to make sure your kids know how important year one and year two is at defining their GPA and how their grades affect the future aspect, especially if you know anything about math yeah. and you know how averages work. Starting off strong is the most important thing to do in order to have high averages. Now you can't fall off in the back two years. You have to sustain in the back two the back two years, but those first two years are critical to to your accumulated GPA going forward. So parents have to understand that. And if you want to ever want to be hard on your kid, it's in those first two years. Right. If you ever want to be on top yep. of your kid the most it's in the first two years, right? The, the, even though the classes in the back for, back for, uh, two years are uh, might be a little bit more challenging. Um, like he said, that critical thinking, that critical development in those first two years is going to help those back to, right? So establishing uh, knowledge and understanding the first uh, first two years is huge, very important. Also, believe you should also start uh, helping your kids with their goals and the decision making at this time, right? So, um, no kid know at this time truly will know some do what they will do in the future, but start setting up goals and routines of how to accomplish certain goals at this point in time. I think it'd be key for you. This is outside of the school setting, right? Setting up uh, uh, goals for your kids or helping them establish goals in their life. And me being an accountant, I truly believe this is a time where we should start establishing financial literacy with our kids. Um, well, our parents, to be just completely honest, not bashing their generation at all, but they didn't know what they didn't know. They couldn't teach. Right. If, if, if we, if our generation knew some of this financial literacy concepts, we wouldn't be in so much debt and, and living paycheck to paycheck. And we would know how to understand or try to build our credit and get things. We would have, that, that would have started early. So I believe parents are at this point in time, start teaching their kids financial literacy, learning bank bank accounts, how to balance bank accounts, uh, learn about debt, learn about credit, um, and how to, how to strategically use those things to their benefit. Right. And not being in too much debt and paying off debt faster because transparency, I have a debt that I'm probably going to be paying off for the rest of my life. I hope not. But I have debt to where it's, it's, it's in the amount to where seeing where like, man, when I can complete this is I can see it, but it is, it's, it's frustrating, right? It's frustrating. So, but if I would have, if I would have knew prior to getting the debt, the aspect of getting debt and what it can do or how long, APRs and, and percentages and, and time frames that yeah, I probably made different decisions, right? So it'd be good to establish that concept in your kids at this high school age range to where they start understanding financial literacy. I just want to throw that out there. Just want to throw that out there. And not all schools have financial literacy. I, I really hope schools get to the concept of uh, having a financial literacy class at all schools. I think it's pivotal and it's super important, but they got to balance that with the rest of the curriculum, right? So most schools don't have the financial literacy class. Yeah. 
I agree. And, 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 but even with that and with all education, uh, the, there's a con, there's a thought process that the, uh, that the learning starts at home. Right. Um, and, and, and that's, and, and that is true in its infancy because as, as, as young as little kids, we learn a lot of the things, our first words, our first age, we learn a lot of stuff at, at home. And then that that can trickle up down through all the educational processes or years of education through a, through uh, through a year. And a lot of people talk about that when they talk about um, behaviors and mannerisms and uh, attitudes, attitudes and things like that. But the the even when we dealing with a lot of these political issues with education and things that we uh, remove it out of the education system, the learning can start at home. We still can teach our you still can teach your kids at home. There's still curricular pieces you can teach at home. Absolutely. Um, uh, and so just know that you have power to be an educator at home as well. Um, that uh, the things that are important to you, your family, your culture, you still have the ability to give your kids the opportunity to learn that there are resources there are free resources out there to, uh, to allow you to push, um, push some of those things that, that you think is important for your, for your student to learn. So I don't want you to give up and, be exhausted with the educational system. But Kevin is right. As, as educators, we need to bring back things like uh, uh, financial literacy. I think we need to continue with critical thinking. I think we need to create opportunities within our K-12 education system for our parents to learn skills and strategies and tr uh, trades um, uh, so that they can be in the know, right? Um, like, for instance, here in um, Dallas, they have te this Texas, uh, the Dallas Promise, which kids go through this process where they can earn a uh, free tuition to a, a community college. But what parents don't know is that the Dallas Promise is connected to the parent promise. So if your kid is in Dallas Promise, you can also go take courses as a parent as, as well. And so, but that is not that's not widely marketed. That's not a lot of parents don't know about it. So it's all for me in order to move our kids. It's, it's essential for us as parents to be in the know in every aspect of education, right? We need to know our discipline policies. We need to know our dress code policies. We need to know our academic, uh, um, uh, academic, uh, strands and, and, uh, standards and, um, and expectations and, and all that stuff. So that, so that we can make informed decisions about what we're doing at home to ensure our kids are keeping up with what they need to learn and know, but we can't keep up with what we don't know. And I think that's why it's important. Yeah. hundred percent agree. But I do want to tap into some real quick, um, because some of you out there are going to have kids going to college and it's important for us to also guide parents, uh, with kids going to college. Cause that's a whole nother monster. Right. Um, and the, the, the key thing with that concept is parent we have to deal with is that, that that freedom, right? That freedom, and and I, I still have no hear about financial decisions and financial decisions because that whole that financial literacy part doesn't stop just at high school. Financial that, that's just the start for the rest of your life. You're gonna be dealing with this financial thing. So understand if I could, and be honest with y'all, and we all know this that being to college, you know how many letters you get in the mail or emails you get about credit cards once you once you of age. That's why a financial decision and literacy is important, man. Like, correct. I'm, I'm, I got to tell people right now, I'm setting my son up to where when he's ready to go to, to buy, to, to go to college or, or, or any of that type, whatever he decide to do, 
I'm trying to set him up to where his decision make. He knows the decision making, but as a father, I want to set him up to where a lot of those things have already been put in place, right? So I think it's important for us to talk to our kids about those financial decisions that they're going to make. You might want to get those credit. You don't get a whole bunch of emails about credit cards. What are you going? You can't get all those credit cards, man. You're going to kill your credit. You're going to be in debt. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a, a fast dropping slope. I'm telling you, we know we are we the credit credit card thing is a fast dropping slope. You can get in deep real mm-hmm. fast, right? Especially as a college student, you want to go out to eat, swipe. You want to do swipe, 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 swipe. You can get in debt. You can you can get out of control real fast. So having those conversations with your kids is important about financial decision. Not only financial decision, but the the decision, your freedom decisions, right? You're finna be on your own. Talk to your kids about the choices that they're making. We're hearing a lot about these football players that are high speed driving and doing crazy things and a lot of bad decisions being made in college, right? And we know we've been in college, we made some bad decisions. It's at this point that you sit your kids down and talk to them about those decisions that they're gonna make in college. Every decision has a consequence. It can be a positive consequence or a bad consequence. Sit down and think about what you what you're going to do and what the result will come from it. Right? Talk to your kids about making those decisions, thinking clearly, with sober minds, before you make a decision. Not saying you shouldn't have fun. Huh? Not saying you shouldn't go to parties. I, but be smart about what you do. If you party more than you go to class, you got a problem. You got a serious problem here. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Um. And also start planning what life after looks like because in four years, four to five years, you're going to be on your own for real, for real. Like ain't no mommy, no daddy. You're going to be on your own. Start planning what that looks like from your friend for entry, entering your freshman year. I'm planning on graduating in four years. What does this process look like? What does life after, where do I have to be for life after the flow the right way. When do I have to get my internships? When do I have to do certain things to position myself to graduate on time? What do I have to do? Start planning those things out early. Not when you get to your junior senior year. Those things should be planned out early. Not that you have to pick a major. I'm not telling nobody to pick a major their first year. Take your time. But have a plan. Have a plan where you're gonna make the decision of what you want to be. Cause like if I can go back, like I'd have made a whole bunch of different I was supposed to be an architect. I'd have made some totally different decisions, Keith. I'd have been an architect. If I could make a different decision, I would have been an architect. I'd have been some, and that's nothing I want to say. They have to do things within their passion. Like, I I, I believe we should start talking about kids about what they're passionate about. And this should start back at the, the lower level, the high school, youth level also. Follow your passion. You don't know what you'll do when you get older. Talk to your kids about what are you passionate about. And we're going to build off that. Tell me what you like. If you like playing video games, cool. You like playing video games. You can start designing those video games. There's a lot you can do. Get right? degrees for it now. Yeah, like start, let, let's 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 start with your passion. Start with your kids' passion, and then help them try to map out what that looks like in the future. It goes a long way. It goes a long way. So, um, anything you want to say, Keith? Yeah, but before before we uh, I know we are running out of time, but before we get out of here, I do want to say one thing. College was for me. Right? I I I was meant to go to college. All right, that that was for me. 
College ain't for everybody, but you know what it is? A trade. I, I, I think I think we need to start focusing on trade schools being a viable option for our kids too. Yeah. Just as viable as college. Right? It used to be people always like, Oh, you're going to trade school, I'm going to college like like that was like, oh, a big up. Put down. It yeah, ain't yeah, that yeah. way no more. Yeah. yeah. It's not that way no more. Trades are in. And you can start getting certifications for trades in the college and high school and middle school now. You can start start getting certifications now that can earn your kids a lot of money coming straight out of high school. um, Working in jobs that they want to do. Like Kevin said, that they have a passion for. So kids, high school kids, some most of y'all college is college is your direction, right? But if it's not, don't stop, yeah. don't settle, because there's a ton of trades out there to do stuff that you love to do that can put you in a great place financially for the rest of your life. So I think we need to, as a community, start talking about trade schools more and not always about colleges. Um, and, 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 uh, and, and having our kids, uh, get industry-based certifications. I think it's very important that we as families start looking at that as an opportunity for our kids as well. Yeah. And on top of that, entrepreneurship. Now I'm going to say this to everybody who wants to be an entrepreneur. It's great to be an entrepreneur if you have a plan. A lot of people, if you have a, a structured plan... A lot of people say, I'm an entrepreneur. What does that mean, though? I do this, I do... To have a successful... To be a successful entrepreneur, there has to be a plan put in place. You have to know who to sit in front of, how to communicate. There's certain things you got to have to be to have a successful entrepreneurship. Everybody, a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs, but don't know what it takes to be that. It looks easy. Say, this is something I want to do. I'm just going to go do it. But it takes planning. It takes a process. So understand what you want to do. Learn the ins and outs of it, right? Whatever you want to do, learn the ins and outs. Know it. So when you talk to people, you know what you're talking about. You have a plan. You have a future vision of what you're trying to do. Don't just go out there and say, I just want to do this. I'm going to do it. Have a plan. In other words, educate yourself, right? Education doesn't stop yeah, because know. you're an entrepreneur. Education doesn't stop because you want to do a trade. Education is one thing that's going to continue no matter what. You have to learn. Mm-hmm. You have to learn. Nobody's just going to hand you something and say, run this, this business. No, you got to know the business. Preach on that. Right? So, parents, we gave y'all some tasks. We gave y'all some to-dos. We gave y'all some things to think about to and, and we're not just giving you all these things just for you guys. And we're not implementing them ourselves, right? But we have kids too. We have to think about these things. So this isn't something that we're just like two dudes on here to say, like, you guys need to do this. No, we're implementing these with our own kids and our own families, right? Um, so hopefully you got y'all got something out of this. And hopefully um it's meat, right? It's it's it's, it's steak and potatoes, right? It's something that's gonna stick to your bones, something that you can like eat on and digest and give you nutrients, right? And it'll help you build your kid up to be the best that they can be. And not only them, but 
help you become who you want to be, right? Because some of us still are trying to find our way also. Um, but hopefully um, this topic gets to you in time that you can start implementing these processes and thinking about them. And scholars, um, good luck this year. Uh, have a great school year. Um, next couple of semesters, uh, just make sure you stay focused on on, on the prize at hand. Um, study, learn, know, ask questions, ask all the questions you can. But let's have a great year. And as uh, Mr. Children used to always say, the prep, uh, do right and kill everything. And like Ms. Hubbard used to say, no drugs, no sex, no violence. You heard me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, man, yeah, man. Hopefully, uh, hit us up to views podcast at gmail.com. All social media platforms. You got any questions, any guidance we can give y'all? Any any dad jokes y'all want to help Keith out with? Y'all top five, whatever, man. Hey, y'all don't believe us. We like hearing from y'all, man. Like, we like hearing from people, like hearing uh, what y'all think, and as long as it's respectful, you know. We from the south side. We don't play with that disrespect. But um, yeah. Um we two views, man. Yes, sir. Two views. We out. We out of here, man.